What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the GNC Fantasy Football Show. It's been a while since uh, Chandler, my co-host here, and myself, Greg, has actually been in the studio. That's what you want to call it, but we're back after our draft week, and we're a week away from the NFL regular season start. How you feeling, Chandler? I'm feeling pretty good. We got our draft taken care of, so I'm just honestly counting down the days until the season gets up and going. Absolutely, yeah. Um, we've been waiting on this for, well, ever since the Super Bowl, really. Uh, came and went, always goes by quick, seems like a blur afterwards, but uh, I think it was a success. We got to play a little Madden. Um, of course, good food, good people, but uh, yeah, I'm ready for that uh, NFL season to start. There's some really good games coming up uh, on week one. Obviously, uh, my Eagles, they they have a uh, rivalry game with the Redskins at home week one. So they're starting off big with a big game. Any particular games you're looking at week one? I know you don't have a favorite team or anything like that, but anything pop off? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's going to be that first Thursday game just because it's going right. to be the true kickoff to the season. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. I think you're going to get to see how. Uh, it's Aaron a division Rod- game. Yeah, it is a division game, yeah. and then you get to see Matt LaFleur, you know, make his uh, head coaching debut, um, see what type of relationship he has with Rodgers, and we know that Bears defense is is going to be good. Uh, is so it going to really be good. as good, though? That's my question. But, yeah, absolutely. We'll find out that first first game. Looking forward to it. Very excited. Um, Rodgers came out with the, the costume. Did you see that? Came out with the what? The costume with the mustache, uh, the – the the guy from uh, uh, Happy Gilmore, the Ben Stiller role he had. No, I did not, see, did not that. see that. That sounds it. hilarious. It was. It was really good. The the guy who's taking care of the the grandma in the old folks home. <laughs> yes, it was funny. But uh, I'll send that to you later. Uh, we've got a we've got a good episode. We're gonna kind of recap. Well, first we're gonna jump into the news, talk about some news. Uh, some pretty big things happened. But after that, we're gonna do a, a quick draft recap. Talk about our first couple picks, what went good, what we liked, what we didn't like. Um, and then after that, we're going to kind of do a um, couple uh, or a week one preview, if you will, of players that we really like. And, and not your obvious picks. Like everyone's going to start Bar- Barkley week one. Everyone's going to play um, you know, Antonio Brown as much as they probably are going to cover their eyes. One day. So, you know, you're going to put in players like that out there. But these are a little bit um, maybe under the radar, uh, if you will. But, uh, Hey, speaking anyway. of news, uh, mm-hmm. I just got a notification on my phone that Josh Gordon is on the field warming up in pads, and it looks like he might get a little bit of playing time tonight versus the Giants. Yeah, uh, that is some that's news. Big. That's big news. I think we'll, with that, we'll we'll go straight into the news with that. And um, I think I don't think we like I said we've been out for a couple of weeks, so we haven't really got to talk about Josh Gordon and and the effects of that. But um, in your mind, does that affect Edelman at all? You know, him being out there like that, does that scare you off Edelman? No, I mean, Edelman's still going to get that 115, 125 target range. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think more or less what it does is it opens up the offense for the Patriots as a whole. Right, um, yeah. I, I kind of have Edelman at least. You, you know, that wide receiver one upside each weekend, week out, still there. But I think his floor still at wide receiver two or at the very least a flex, depending on how strong of a team you have. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It doesn't really scare me off of that at all. No, but I am 12, excited 12 about man league. Twelve man league. I, th- I still think his floor is a uh, wide receiver too. I do. Sure. Yeah, and uh, the biggest news that we have, uh, 
actually occurred during our draft, which for a lot of people from some of the videos I've seen and articles I've read, uh, it was the same for them around the country as well, or world really. But Andrew Luck's retirement, big. Um, (laughs) Andrew Luck retired? Oh, you didn't hear. (laughs) And we're recording this, by the way, on the 29th. He retired um, the night of Saturday, which was our draft being the 24th, right? Yes, the 24th. Double check that. In the middle of our draft. In the middle. Third round. And our commissioner had just taken T.Y., which he's still comfortable with. Brissett's on a bad quarterback, so you know, we're not going to completely yeah, trash T.Y. More comfortable on him than I am, but uh, I, I think he'll produce still. But the, the really, I mean, that's just, you know, saddening news. You know, not really for luck because he's, you know, he's making that choice. It's a hard choice to make, but it seems like one that he, he's happy with stepping away from the game. But, you know, as a fan, especially if you're – Yeah, and, and as a fan, you know – Ignoring fantasy as somebody who who loves football, it's very sad to see uh, one of the game's greats go so early. You know, it, I, I made the comment that night as soon as it hit our phones. Um, it felt like it feels like he died. You know what I mean? Like it was it was that sad and that shocking. He yeah, I mean it. it that's a little grotesque or some, but now i'm with you I and mean, he might as well have for for a lot of people like that's how like you said caught off guard the the world was um but yeah very saddening but uh real quick the fan the, the fantasy um that's what the, we do the fantasy takes on that or the fantasy effects of that i should say you know briss is going to be have that role um i think he's a good backup i do, I do whether too. he's fantasy relevant i think he's a top five backup yeah and, you know, to get that straight, not a top five fantasy quarterback, but, yeah, Correct. definitely a top five backup. Um, Correct. You know, I think he'll produce in some games. You just got to be able to read those, see what defenses, and, and not be a, not be scared to pull the trigger. Two quarterback uh, leagues. Defenses. Yeah, oh, two yeah. quarterback league per set could be a good play occasionally. How do you think it affects T.Y., honestly? I mean, he, he's a guy going towards the end of the second, early third mm-hmm. round. Um, if you were drafting today and you had the 10th pick in the second round and T.Y.'s there. Yeah, know? I'm not I'm not pulling the trigger there okay. at all. Okay. I had, you know, as far as rankings in season, I had T.Y. Um, well in my top 10. I had, you know, to finish there, he, he could. And I, had, I think I had him at, at my 10th. But now I have him more close to my, my 20 or so. Um, so, yeah, that's how far he drops off. Like, you know, maybe in the 20s. I haven't really accounted for luck yet you know i need to look at that but that's how big he drops for me what about what about mac do you think mac gets a boost at all i I think he kind of stays um you know maybe i don't think it maybe maybe a slight boost but um i still think the offense they're going to try to run it as though you know as they would maybe switch up minorly here and there not not saying that Brissett's the you know the same type of quarterback that luck is um, definitely not the same skill set, but I don't think they, they I don't think they change a lot of how they approach the game this year. Uh, I think the only difference is the last thing that I'll say about it is I think without Andrew Luck, see the Colts have a relatively stout defense, and that means and with Andrew Luck and the type of players that they do have on offense, they're not afraid to score on you and score on you quick because they have a defense there to. Um, 
you know, to make it harder on you. Whereas now they don't have Andrew Luck throwing the football. So I could potentially see them, you know, trying to run clock more, giving Mac a few extra touches that maybe he would not have have gotten if Luck was still playing to try and, you know, mm-hmm. keep possession, win that battle, win the clock. You know what I'm saying? Keep the score right. down a little bit more because they don't have such a high powered guy. Right. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I can't see. There are going to be certain situations, like you said, you know, they couldn't have pulled out or or, or couldn't have done or they're not, not going to be able to do with Brissett uh, as opposed to if they had luck still. So, yeah. But, yeah, very sad news. Um, real quick, a couple other uh, things. Lamar Miller, uh, everyone saw that. He tore his ACL. He's out for the year. So, I mean, green light your Duke Johnsons. That's huge news for any Duke Johnson owner. Nobody uh, will trade him to me. Yeah. Uh, you sent me a trade offer earlier, auto denied. But Miles Sanders. Sent, yeah, you sent me Miles. I, I, I looked at it not only as an Eagles fan, but as a Miles Sanders believer late year. But yeah, I'm not going to give him up as a starter at this point. Um, but in the, really the next news, and I think this will be the last bullet point in the news section today. Uh, Cowboys came out and basically said that, you know, that, hey, we're real willing to hold out for six weeks. We're ready for it. We don't care. Again, Jerry Jones coming out and saying that. Um, basically, I just think he's, again, throwing the ball back in Zeke's court and being like, hey, if you want to come play, come play. If not, that's fine. As far as fantasy relevance, you know, you have Tony Pollard, who I I already had my eye on. And if you can get him late in drafts now, if you haven't already drafted, you know, I think he's a good pickup. Yeah, if, if uh, prior to our draft, I was definitely thinking Zeke was going to be coming back, especially with the contract offer he received from the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So I let Pollard kind of fall on my own personal draft board. If I was mm-hmm. drafting today, I I would jump on Tony Pollard very fast, like two, three rounds above his current ADP fast. Yeah. Yeah, I think he, he definitely takes a boost up. Goes from uh, maybe a last pick kind of guy if Zeke's in there to, I mean, off the top of my head, I would say seventh, eighth round, if not That's maybe exactly, sixth. Yes, yes, you you read my mind. Seven, eight, nine, within mm-hmm. that range. I'm I'm, jump, I'm pulling the trigger on him for sure. Yeah. But yeah, we're going to, um, with any of maybe I missed there that you want to touch on? Um. No, not that I can think of. I mean, I'm sure, there's, much some, I'm the, sure there's other news stories outline, you know, storylines out there. But that's kind of the big stuff. And kind of want to jump into our draft. I'm pretty excited to look, kind of re, relive our draft. That's one of the funnest, uh, <sighs> one of the more fun moments during the season. You know, the very, it's probably the most exciting unless, you know, of course, playoffs. That's, that's the next biggest. Um, but yeah, go ahead and, and lead, lead us off. Yeah, so Saquon Barkley did go first in our draft. Um, that didn't shock me. I mean, the first four picks were Barkley, McCaffrey, Kamara, Bell. Bell going at four, slightly surprising, but, you know, not that's surprising really, at I the mean, same time. Yeah, I mean, that's the big, biggest surprise. Other than that, uh, a couple others I saw. Um, or Connor at seven. Yeah, Connor at seven. Elliot going just because, like you said, there was absolutely no – Still, uh, our eight actually, I misspoke. Connor or El- Elliot going on eight. That was a surprise just because he hasn't signed anything and he had not signed anything, still has not. So, I- I'm not taking him there, but evidently, 
this this league mate did. <laughs> so we'll see how that works out. It's a little scary. Um, but talk about your first three picks and kind of what you were thinking going through, and then I'll, I'll do the same. Then we'll talk about some uh, some picks that we like from league mates and sure. some light picks that we picked up. Yeah. So I have the sixth pick in our draft. It is a twelve man league uh, PPR. I knew full based PPR. on yeah full full point. <laughs> I knew based on the mock drafts I've done, hundreds of mock drafts that I've done, that I was going to have a shot at DeAndre Hopkins, David Johnson, or Devontae Adams, and I had a shot at David Johnson or Devontae Adams. I took David Johnson. If you remember one of my bold predictions, and yes, it was bold was that he was going to break the reception record for a running back. Then my second-round pick was Juju Smith-Schuster. I actually did not think Juju was going to fall to me. I I really did not. I thought it was going to be a Mike Evans, Odell-type situation. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit surprised by that. But, again, these um, from there on – you know, the, it kind of goes down a tier, in my opinion. You know, Keenan Allen, but all the guys that went before Schuster, uh, you know, Smith Schuster, you can kind of interchange. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I do. It's not a bad pick, but it's no. just what, what, like, who do you align with on this day, <laughs> or what, what time, what hour of the day is it? That's kind of how it is. But let's just say I was very satisfied after my first. For sure, pick. David yeah. Johnson, Juju, and then I did the one thing that I've actually harped on that I, I would never do. And that was I drafted Zach Ertz, yeah, in the third round. So <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I have said that I, I would not draft a tight end early, and I drafted a tight end early. But if you look at the guys I drafted him over: Amari Cooper, Damian Williams, Aaron Jones, Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. I just thought I, I couldn't pass up. It's kind of how. Well, there's I, a there's a big a spot. You know, Kelsey's in his own tier. Of course, he went at the a two nine spot. Two nine spot again. This twelve man league. And then um, I I took Kittle. Did your decision? I think that kind of gave me confidence okay, there yeah, too. I was gonna say, did did that not really put you on tilt? But were you like, well, um, wasn't really thinking that, or wasn't really wanting? Because I didn't. I'm I'm surprised I took Kittle in the third three point two. Well, me and you've always been on the same page. Yeah, that's something. That's something that I never. When was thinking going into the draft? Because honestly, I thought I thought that we were going to see three tight ends go in the second round, and I was not going to take it in there. I agree. Any, any of those? Um, maybe if maybe if Kelsey fell to me, I would have, but I knew that wasn't going to happen. Um, but yeah, it, it's it, I'm 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 happy about it. I'm happy with Kittle being there. Yeah, I'm not uncomfortable choice. with Ertz. I'm not uncomfortable with him at all. I, I do, and I've said I think you're going to see some regression. With Ertz, sure. Yeah, I mean, the last year he was just last year he just had a damn ridiculous year. Not gonna keep up that sort of pace. But I still have him in the ninety to ninety-five receptions range. Completely so with that, with that kind of work and that kind of opportunity, mm-hmm. I'm happy. That's worth the pick there. Real quick, I like your three picks. Um, can't go wrong. You got all your main positions there. Kind of did the same thing. Actually mirrored it. Um, I have McCaffrey with my first pick all offseason. Um, you know, I was big on Barkley at the, at the beginning when I first started doing mock drafts. Sometimes Barkley fell to me and I would take it. But that was back when Zeke, you know, Zeke was relevant. So evidently that's shaking a few things up. But I didn't expect to get McCaffrey. Um, the dude with the, the first pick in our league, 
I thought absolutely <laughs> that he was taking McCaffrey. I heard I yeah. heard rumors. There were a couple of rumors yeah. going around that he had already already decided. So I was ecstatic to find out that you know he was um, that McCaffrey fell to me, and for obvious reasons, I don't even don't even have to tell you why. My second pick, I'm surprised that I actually pulled the trigger here. Um, but with T.Y., if T.Y., of course, with the luck news that we talked about earlier, told you how I feel about T.Y. now. If, I mean, at this point, I, I didn't know, I guess. But um, I don't know. Something told me to take Brown over over T.Y. And like I said, if if this would have been any other draft or if it had been all over again, I probably would have ended up with T.Y. over Antonio. But, but now I'm happy that I – go ahead. You also have to look at the people you took Antonio Brown over. And right. you took him over T.Y., Leonard Fournette, Freeman, Mack. I think that's a good pick there. Late second round, I actually think, is pretty decent value for Antonio Brown. We are concerned due to the fact that, you know, he he's had some drama uh, regarding sure. some what we believe to be insignificant things. But it's still Antonio Brown. I think you should feel confident or at least at least content. That yeah, that's my only worry. If something happens and and then we see Baby Brown come out again, you know, um, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope he's there to play football. From what Gruden says and sound, you know, what what he's saying, sounds like Antonio Brown is going to be there week one and and wants to play football. So that's what I, that's why I drafted him. And, and last thing regarding Brown, my biggest fear, and this isn't something you can really predict, but it, it does add to the risk level is I don't think the Raiders are going to be a good football team. And they could easily start off 1-5, and five, and then everything just blows up with Brown. He's not getting the work that he wants. They're not winning. And now the off-the-field right. drama really manifests itself into negative or some unproductive fantasy output. Right. And off-topic, this little side note, I saw um, on NFL.com today, actually, I was reading an article of some expert, quote-unquote, expert picks for the Super Bowl. Of course, you had your usual, you know, Pats. Um, I think the Saints were picked for the most with seven votes. Um, of course, you had the Chiefs up there. But I was surprised to see two two uh, votes for the Raiders. I don't I'm agree at all. See, I, I did not see this article, and I'm shocked to yeah. see any votes for the Raiders, to be honest with you. Yeah, there were only 13. I think there were 13 teams. I, uh, I can't remember how many votes it was, it, how many people actually voted in this. Um, but they, they kind of talked about it briefly, their reasons behind it, um, which I didn't really. I just kind of looked through the teams and um, quick glance. But, yeah, the Raiders were there with two votes, maybe three. And I was just like, what? But uh, my third pick, moving on, um, was George Kittle. Again, Going right along the line with with what you did, and I'm I'm at, I mean he's the number one he's going to be the number one target there. There are talks that Dante Pettis is going to have an emergence, if you will. We'll see if that happens. I, I think it's absolutely possible, and he could be the um, you know Jimmy Jean's uh, Jimmy G's like main tar- main target. But I think it's going to be Kittle, whether that be checkdowns. Unlike a lot of other tight ends, um, you know he, Kittle's a, the reason he is a top three. Guys, because he does bust up the seams, and I think you see a lot of his targets downfield, as opposed to being a checkdown tight end. That's why I love love the guy. He's a great route runner. Um, so very excited about that pick. No, I like Kittle, and I was actually I think I said to you during the draft that when I took Ertz, 
I wish you would have taken Ertz and I could have picked up Kittle there. Yeah, well, I, I mean, Ertz crossed my mind for a second, but um, I think Kittle is going, going to have a bigger year than more and more. I have him slightly above Ertz at the, at the end of the year. So, and, and like you said, it may not be a big regression with Ertz from last year, but it, it's definitely not going to be a similar or uh, comparable to last year's season. So, Kittle, I think he has a, a better chance, and that's what we're always doing with, with fantasy. We talk about it all the time. Mitigate risk, what's more likely to happen. George Kittle is more likely, in my mind, to have a better year or a bigger year than Ertz. And that's that's our first three. Um, now to talk about some other picks that I really, really liked, um, whether that be in that, you know from other teams. I'll, I'll talk about a pick that fell to me and I was super happy with. I, took, I got Kyler Murray in the 10th round. He was one of your bold prediction guys, too. He was my, one of my bold prediction guys. Um, if you didn't catch that episode or you don't recall, I have, you know, one of my bold predictions. Again, it, it is a bold prediction, so keep that in mind. But I, that Kyler, at the end of the year, would finish as a top five fantasy quarterback. I, I don't believe it's that bold, but um, other people do. So that's the reason I I'm, I'm pulled the trigger there. I think he's going to be um, super productive because he is a rushing quarterback. I think he's a better passer than, say, Lamar Jackson. Maybe even Jameis Winston after he develops a bit. Jameis isn't the best, but um, you know he he can he can throw the ball. He's around that in last year in uh, his final college year. He was around that seventy percent completion mark, um, which isn't great. You you would like to see better, but it's not terrible as far as a rushing quarterback goes. No, was, and the thing is, you got him in the tenth round, the end of the tenth round. And the value there is terrific. He's been going um, about a round and a half, two rounds earlier than that. So you were able to sit, continue to bolster your lineup, your primary positions, and still grab Kyler Murray there. So value-wise, I, th- I think it, it worked out very well for you. I will say, one thing I wanted to chime in, I think you have two players on your roster who's going to make or break your season. So if these two players perform like we – Expect them to or that you hope that they will. It could put you into the playoffs and give you a dominant team. That's going to be Derrick Henry and Tyler Boyd. I think if those two players have the type of year that we expect, or at least you expect them to have, those are going to be your two guys that are are going to make or break your team. Antonio Brown, I think, is going to be solid regardless. You know, he's not going to put up the same numbers he has been putting up. But I think Derrick Henry... Your season's going to come down to Derrick Henry and Tyler Boyd, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm going to be always working the, the waiver wire, but you can't count on that all the time, you know. Um, where we play fab. We're playing fab for the first year of time this year. And, you know, I'm excited to see how that goes. But it's also my first year of using, you know, the way, playing the waiver wire with fab. So it's going to be different. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how, how picking up these players goes, actually. And then, yeah, look, real quick before we move on to like maybe a pick that that you like on your team or someone else's, and, and some other plays you want to talk about on yours. That I was going to mention Derrick Henry as far as someone who does worry me, someone who I don't really regret picking up there, but um, it, he is very worrisome. And, and that's for I mean, for me, you you talk you've talked about PTSD a couple times from, from previous years, and I've ended up with Derrick Henry now for three years straight, and 
it's absolutely terrifying going into the season because after after my draft, I was looking at my thing and I was like, God, Derek again. I ended up with him again. I told you I was not going to draft him at the beginning of this off season, and as the off season rolls, I just get high, I'm getting higher and higher on Derek Henry because of the news coming out to out of Tennessee is nothing but great. Well, I do have a couple bad stats for you uh, regarding Derrick Henry. 20% of his yards came in one game. Yeah. 33% of his touchdowns came in one game. That's pretty terrifying. It is, yeah. But what we expect is that a lot of people are thinking this is going to be a split backfield. I'm not mm-hmm. high on Deion Lewis. Therefore, I think you're going to be seeing a whole lot of work going to Derrick Henry. Um, he he was not getting that many attempts through mm-hmm. the first, you know, seven, eight weeks. You know, you're talking about games where he was getting eight rushes, ten, ten rushing attempts, seven right. rushing attempts. I, I cut him. I, I think it was maybe around week five or six. I don't or, think or you're going to see that this year, though. Yeah, I don't either. I wouldn't have drafted him. But, I mean, I say that every damn year. So, um, you know, someone in our league earlier said, you know, by week nine, Henry's going to be on the waiver wire, and uh, I think I think I told you I was like, well, I can't say he's wrong because every every other year I've had him and he was on the waiver wire around that time. So sit on him. But um, real, real one of one of your pickups, late pickups, I want to talk about and that I really like was a, a guy that I, I was talking about and targeting. I've talked to, to you about him before, and I think we've talked about him on the on the uh, podcast a couple of times. Is Devin Devin Singletary? Um, you picked him up with in great with great value. I think I've seen him go earlier. I have seen him go late, later in some drafts. But Devin Singletary in the ninth round, I don't think you can go wrong with it. I think he's going to pay off. It may not be week one, may not even be week three. But if you stash him, I say about week five, six. I'm telling you, man, you're going to have a, a a workhorse on your hands. No, I agree. And he's not going to be a guy that I'm going to drop either. He's a guy that I'm going to sit there. And I'm going to wait. And I'm going to wait, and I'm going to wait, and I'm going to find the time where he breaks out for the Sean McCoy gets hurt. You know, it is a convoluted backfield. Okay? Right. So they, they, have, they also have Frank Gore, who's also performing well in training camp. Yep. But I'm going to wait, and I think at some point he's going to emerge. I think he's already the guy. I think he's, he's young. Mm-hmm. I, think he's, I think he's very talented, and he's eventually going to emerge as the guy on that team. And I'm hoping – and I drafted a bunch of these type of players, a bunch of guys who I think can help me help me win some playoff games. That's how you late went, we're doing. Doing dart throwing. Yes, I was and throwing darts at the board, trying to see which yeah. running back was hit. I picked up Singletary, mm-hmm. uh, Balage, Miles Sanders, and Alexander Madison. Mm-hmm. I need twenty five percent of those picks to hit for me. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people high on Madison just because of. I mean, obviously his talent. You know, eventually he will be a talented NFL running back. I, I think so from what I've seen and what I've heard. But this year, you know, he has a big, um, big bus in front of him in, in Dalvin Cook. But a lot, a lot of fantasy, and probably one of the reasons you picked him up is because the question mark over, um, you know, Dalvin's health. Exactly. Can he do it? And Precisely. That's a, that's a big, big question mark. So, uh, good, another good pickup. Who else? What else? What else on your? I like the Dante Pettis. That's a, that's a great pickup as well. Uh, honestly, the most excited I am uh, that I don't think the majority of the league um, holds this this feeling towards is Tyler Lockett. 
Now, when I discuss how Derrick Henry and Tyler Boyd are your guys that mm-hmm. must that could that could potentially make or break your season, for me, it could potentially be Tyler Lockett and one of those four running backs I mentioned. I'm really looking at Miles Sanders. So for me, I really need Lockett and one of those four running backs to hit. And I'm really counting on Miles Sanders. Uh, but I'm very excited about Lockett. I got him in the fourth round. I really need him to be a solid wide receiver, too, for me. Yeah, because as it stands now, um, this is something that I did, I'm just now noticing on your draft board. As it stands now, Miles Sanders would be your RB, two. No, I, I have him. I'm terrified because <laughs> I understand that he may not get the work right. that we want him to get the first few weeks. Mm-hmm. But I don't have anybody else to put in that. Right. Uh, RB2 spot because I did go, you know, I drafted Zach Hurts early and we discussed when you take a tight end early, you're passing up on other running backs and wide receivers. Then I went Tyler Lockett, Kenny Galladay, Dante Pettis. So I did, waited till round seven to grab an RB2. Mm-hmm. And that's dangerous. And I am taking a gamble. I am taking a gamble, but I'm, I'm not here to win. I mean, I'm trying Absolutely. to win this league, not make the playoffs. I'm trying to win it. So that's how that, – that was my thinking. That's, <laughs> I would hope so. Um, any other, uh, like, league make p- picks that you really liked? Uh, one for me uh, was a late-round quarterback in Josh Allen that a yeah, certain like league mate picked up. I, I thought that was great. His other quarterback's Baker Mayfield. But um, not leaving – you know, he's – I thought it was really smart for him not to leave, leave Josh Allen uh, on the waiver because I, I thought he was going to end up there on the waivers. I always I like rocking just one quarterback because, as, as we always talk about, there are so many great quarterbacks in the league, so many high-scoring fantasy quarterbacks in the league. That it's not necessary to run two QBs unless you just you know you want that security or you, there are two guys that you want to have on your team and kind of play around their schedule. But that that's that's a pickup for me that I really like to see and. I, and I think it's a good strategy. Um, I, I want to talk about a few that that, that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like James Conner going in the first round at the seventh pick over guys like Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, uh, and even you know Nick Chubb did go round one. I love that pick. I, I don't like James Conner going where he did go. Um, that's, I was yeah, that's really to me. I was shocked that Patrick Mahomes actually didn't go until the fourth round. I expected I, I him to go earlier in our draft. I, I kind of want to pat everybody on the back for that. Um, as everyone already knows, I'm very late quarterback in my draft. Usually not before the eighth round or on, depending on who's there. But yeah, Patrick Mahomes fell to the fourth round in our draft. But And I was surprised. I have a very huge WTF moment. The Chicago Bears defense went in the seventh round. Oh, yeah. yeah like, what that. are you doing? I hate that pick. <laughs> all of my heart. Yeah. Over guys there. like Curtis the, Samuel, Marvin yeah. Jones, I, oh my, and Tom Brady in the eighth round. <sighs> yeah. I, I mean, it's not my well, team. That, I'm not their owner. So, but. with the with, for the Bears, you know, he could have took uh, – he could have had, yeah, Marvin Jones, Westbrook, Miles Sanders – any any skill position. Other Tony than, Pollard, yeah. James, any, anybody yeah. that went after that. You could have had anybody that went after that before the last two rounds. Mm-hmm. But you, you chose. I don't even think. I didn't draft the defense. 
No, I mean, I, I don't think I did until after the draft. No, I didn't. I didn't draft a kicker, a kicker or a defense. Yeah, I did, I did pick up a kicker in the very last round. I got Mason Crosby. Just the think... next, you know, the next day I dropped a couple players and and you know picked up my D and, and for week one because I I stream defenses and I usually stream kickers too. Um, might as well close your eyes and pick a kicker. In my in my opinion, <laughs> <laughs> in my opinion, I really do think that it. Which you teams going to score more points this yeah, week? Yeah, pretty kicker. much. But uh, if you, unless there's something that you want to hit on uh, on our on our draft, I, it was a blast again. I want to thank everyone in the league. Hope everyone else had as much fun as I did. I thought it was another success. Ready to do it again next year already. Um, the last thing I would say is we have. I kind of want to throw some shade at a, a owner of ours. I was attempting to make some trades with him, and the type of trade I was making. I'm not going to go into detail, but the type of trade I was making was I was giving you someone of value uh, or, or more value than the guy I was asking for. I was taking a shot in the dark, and his response was, bro, I'm not trading anybody. I'm just going to see how it plays out. And he was so, adamant on the fact that he said, I'm not trading anyone. And I think so, that is such a terrible mindset. <laughs> Just the mindset. Let me just get this straight. You're using our podcast now as a platform <laughs> to to motivate people to trade with you. I like it. I'm not trying that. to motivate. I'm just saying, guys, if you if you always be open to trade talks, because you don't know what these people are going to offer. I mean, I in another league, I just received Tyreek Hill for Mike Williams, and and in my mind, that is an absolute steal. And if somebody offered something like that to this guy. He is telling you he's not going to accept it. He's not going to accept any type of trade. So that's a terrible mindset. It really bugs me. You know, you can reject my trade. That's fine. I don't care. But when you say I'm not trading anybody, even though it's not my team. Hey, it's his team. Let him run his team. That's true. (laughs) If he doesn't want to, yeah, if he doesn't want to make any moves, that's it. Maybe he's in love with his team. I've been there. I don't know but why. Uh, <laughs> going in, we're, like I said, we're gonna now we're gonna transition to our um, kind of week one previews, sort of a green light, red light um, on players that we like. I've got all players that we, we're gonna do three each. One of my three is actually a twofer. Um, all of mine are, are people that I think that, um, like I said, kind of give the green light. I don't have any. Maybe next week I'll do some people that I'm not that high on. But uh, do you want to start it out, or do you want me to? No, I want you to go ahead. Sure. So, like I said, my, my first one is a twofer. Uh, twofer, it's Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. Uh, this is, again, week one. They're playing the Dolphins, and the Dolphins just have a sorry sorry defense. They did last year, especially at the end of the year, versus the run. Um, they allowed Last year, they allowed the second most rushing season or rushing yards all season. And also seven rushing touchdowns, which which is a pretty big number. But on top of that, on the other side of the ball, the reason, if even even if this is a mediocre defense, uh, I think I would still be pretty high, not as high, but pretty high on these two. Week one, Mark Ingram, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens love 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 to run the ball. Last year they ran it over 540 some times. It's way way more than they threw. I think they threw it for like 340 or something around that range. But um. You know, I'm, I'm already I'm in love with Lamar Jackson in in fantasy and from a fantasy aspect. I'm not as high on Mark Ingram, but versus the Dolphins, give me the, give me all of that that I can get. 
No, and and one thing re- regarding Lamar Jackson is, you know, there there are expectations come, going around that they're going to be throwing the ball for, you know, thirty times a game, and I think last year uh, we saw that they threw it what on average twenty four times a game. Yeah, we looked at, we looked at some game. He was averaging around a little bit over twenty four. It was like twenty four point six passing attempts per game. Yeah, and that's and, out of se- and, that's out of seven games, but. And and but but with the guy that has the you know the legs that he does you know the rushing ability mm-hmm. uh, that Lamar Jackson has, you add more pass attempts to him, and he knows he's he's going to get better as a as a thrower of the football. Yeah, um, that really increases his fantasy value. I, I I got him in the 14th round, and I have I have no hesitation starting him. You know, mm-hmm. week one, I'm very excited about Lamar Jackson if he's running the ball. And throwing the football, you could have a very, very dangerous guy on your team. Yeah, is he your only quarterback in our league? He is, he is right? my only quarterback. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, I'm with you. No worries at all. I wouldn't be worried even if you had another, uh, you know, another uh, quarterback that you like that week. I, I would almost take Lam- tell you to start Lamar Jackson against the Dolphins week one almost over anybody. I'm, I'm really high on him for that game. Uh, and, yeah. and Mark Ingram the same. I mean, they just they're going to hand him the ball. I, I couldn't imagine any any less than twenty times that game. They want to see what they have in Mark Ingram. This is going to be the game to do that. I agree. I, th- I think I do believe that Mark Ingram is going to get a lot of work. I do have some concerns. I know their running back coach Mark Weiss came out and said that their running game is due to the strength of the group because they right. do have a lot of guys. They they do have Mark Ingram. They do have Justice Hill, and for a lot of people. Justice Hill's a guy that they think can break out at some mm-hmm. point in the season, which would only eat into the workload of Mark Ingram. But we know Mark Ingram is very talented. He has the type of body where he can go between the tackles and he can catch the football. He does have good speed on him. <sighs> kind of like what you said, you know, it, what I take from what the coach said from that, you know, if, if it's anything like the, what they did last year, Sure, yeah, you you know, they're going to come in, they're going to do, uh, you know, they're going to send in a spell halfback a lot of the times or, or some of the time, but they like to give the ball, they like to get the ball into the hands of the hot running back. Last year we saw, what, three running backs that were relevant fantasy in, you know, three different parts of the season, season it seemed. You so, had a sneaky play one time last year for the, and it was a Ravens running back that you inserted into your lineup uh, yeah, that I was completely against, but he totally performed well, for you that week. Yeah. We, I don't even want to remind you his name, but I, I made myself, I, I really I love the running. It was Buck Allen. That's who it was. Buck Allen. <laughs> yeah. He's not a good running back. He can catch the ball. That was the reason, but um, he scored a touchdown for you. Too, I though. loved him. Yeah. I loved him. He he's, he's, been that the last couple of years prior, you know, this year I don't think he's going to be. I think he plays for the Saints this year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, he'll, he'll be irrelevant there. My last um, thing about Mark Ingram is I, I do have minimal concern regarding the uh, potential for a committee approach. But mm-hmm. let's remember, I do not think that his talent has wavered. Okay, two years ago when Kamara broke out, you were in a position to where both players could be slotted into your lineup, and they would both perform well. I don't think Mark Ingram has dropped off talent-wise. I still think he's a great quarterback. I mean, running back, my my only concern is the potential for a committee approach. 
Yeah, and and like like I said, I, I'm slightly concerned about that. But I, um, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, was um, I, I think they like to get the ball into the heart, the hot uh, RB's hands, and often. So as long as Mark comes in there or Mark Ingram comes in there and produces, then I don't think I don't think it'll be a worry at all. But, and you're uh, playing the Dolphins. And you're playing the Dolphins. So so, that's the best. Mark part Ingram, if yeah. he's on my team, he'd be starting. <laughs> be, yeah. Who do you have? Who's your first? And uh, I'm excited to hear. My first is uh, Tony Pollard, for obvious reasons. Zeke's out. Zeke's potentially out for the first six weeks. They're playing the Giants, who are 24th. Uh, correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. I think they're 24th in rushing yards allowed last year. They haven't gotten any better. This is not a good football team. Mm-hmm. And we know we know the Cowboys love to run the football. They have one of the best offensive lines in the league. I believe he's one of my sleepers. So for Tony Pollard, if you picked him up, congratulations. I want him <laughs> on my team. Play Tony Pollard week one. He's going, I believe he's going to have a fantastic week one. If you're in a full point PPR, I have him around. I could see him getting 16-plus points, fantasy points. I really can. Mm -hmm. I'm all about Tony Pollard. Like I said, the Giants are not a good football team playing a team who loves to run the football. And they are saying by not paying Zeke is, hey, we're going to have success on the ground without you. Now, are they going to have as much success as they would on the ground with you? No, not at all. Zeke is probably the best we're second-best running back in the league. This is not trashing Zeke. This is simply just promoting the Dallas Cowboys and their offensive line and the talent that they have in the backfield. Yeah, so uh, to touch on the defense last year, they allowed the Giants' defense, that is, they allowed 18 touchdowns and over 1,800 yards all season last year. So, I mean, that's not, that's not great at all. And on top of that, like you said, Pollard out of the backfield – he is going to be that check down or even sometimes maybe he'll sneak out into, um, you know, up the field as a target. It's exciting stuff. I've, I've seen some highlights and, um, you know, he, he's got some, he's got a skill set. He does. He has a great skill set. He's fast. He can catch the football. Mm-hmm. He has a decent body to where he could run between the tackles if they ask him to. And with the offensive line, if they're opening up gaping holes against the bad defense, he can do some damage. I like it. Go ahead and give me, if unless you have anything else on the Pollard, give me your second, and then I'll go into my second. My second's DJ Moore. This is a guy uh, I've been high on all offseason. Uh, we know that, that rookies do not perform well. He was a rookie last year. It's tough for rookie wide receivers to excel. You anticipate the breakout around the second or third year. Um, he's the wide receiver one. We believe that Cam Newton, aside from maybe a minor foot issue, is healthy. So upper body, throwing arm, healthy. The Rams were 20th in points allowed last year. Uh, The target share is going to be there for DJ. Obviously, McCaffrey's going to catch the ball. Mm -hmm. McCaffrey may have more targets, but DJ's going to get work. I'm looking for DJ to break out. They're playing the Rams. The Rams are a high-potent offense. The more they score, the more chances the Panthers get. I really like DJ. The Panthers and are Curtis home, Samuel too. as well. Yeah. Sorry. 
Oh, I was going to say, I was going to mention, you know, the Panthers are, are at home. They're playing against the um, the NFC champions on their first game. They're going to be hyped. They're going to be very, very hyped. And I pictured this game getting to the 30, the 30-point mark. Now, Both the teams. Panthers, definitely the Rams, which is not a bad thing for DJ Moore because if the right. Panthers are playing from behind, more pass attempts. That's all that's going to mean. More targets, more opportunity. They're going to have multiple possessions simply due to the fact that the Rams are going to score quick, give you the ball back. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I really love DJ Moore in this position. I like it. I like the pick. I'm, you know, I'm big on that offense. I was, I'm big on DJ Moore. I'm a little bit bigger on Curtis Samuel, especially in the draft, just because uh, yeah, of that no, later yeah, value. Just clarify there. So, are you? Do you think Curtis Samuel's going to? outperform DJ or do you like him better simply due to his value compared to where DJ Moore is going in the draft? Cause we know Curtis Samuel's going later. I think at the end of the season, we're going to look back and, and at least in my projections um, at the end of the season, I have them both at like about five spots away, DJ slightly ahead, but I could see a world where Samuels uh, where Curtis just jumps up and is that favorite target. Everything coming out of camp, which Always have to take it with a grain of salt. It's camp. It's preseason. Has been nothing but, um, you know, glowing, glowing images in my head for him. No, I, I agree. But but once again, I, I everything is showing DJ Moore as being the clear-cut wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. However, it's the NFL. Most teams do go with a three-wide receiver set. Even if it's two-wide receiver set, it's going to be DJ Moore and Curtis Samuels. Curtis Samuels right. is very talented. So I could definitely see that. Um, so to piggyback on the DJ Moore thing, if you do have Curtis Samuel, I think he's a great flex play. Mm-hmm. I like DJ Moore as that wide receiver to play. I'm with you. And and like I said, these are picks that you know we're not maybe spouting off. We're not going to pick obvious players. Um, the players you're going to lock in every week. Yeah, if you have Saquon or Christian McCaffrey, please start them. <laughs> So uh, that's going to segue into my next pick. Um, and maybe this is a player that I don't play week in, week out. I don't really have – I don't know if I have um, any shares of this player on my actual team. But I, if I if I did, and I'm kind of disappointed that I don't because I, I like this player, that player is D.D. Westbrook. Yes. Um, like I said, he's not a player where I, I, I'm big on him each and every week. But uh, week one, they, they play the Kansas City Chiefs. For all the reasons that you just said, exactly mirroring that, you know, everyone knows what the Kansas City Chiefs were last year, but on the opposite side of that, they also know that, um, well, maybe maybe they don't, but the Kansas City Chiefs didn't have that great of a passing defense. Um, they actually allowed over uh, 30 passing touchdowns last season, and the second most passing yards in the league. So that's a lot of stuff to look there. I mean, the the um, Jaguars to, to talk good about D.D. Westbrook, he's obviously the, the clear cut number one down there. There's a lot of stuff. A lot of fighting for that second spot. So who who knows what's going to happen? But he it is the it is clear cut that he is their number one for Nick Foles down there. They've had some um, coaching changes as well. Um, I can't remember the, the cast name at the time, but the, the offensive coordinator that they brought in. Um, and forgive me for for not remembering his name, but I do know that with his previous team, he uh, he actually. Passed a lot there. He, he passes. He's, they're going to be passing a lot more. Everyone knows the Jaguars as a run, te- a run first team, and I'm not saying that's going to change, 
But with Nick Foles down there, then bringing Nick Foles, Foles in, paying him all of that money, it's a lot of money. Um, I think overall this season we're going to see them throw a lot more, but definitely week one I'm excited about D.D. Westbrook. Yeah, I'm excited too. In 2018, uh, he did have 101 targets, which is something you love to see. This is his third year in the league. He did have 66 receptions last year. So that puts him at like what? He had a 66.25% catch rate. I think that's going to increase, especially with these wide receivers. The more time they spend in the league, the better they get. He's the best route runner on the team. He's, like you said, the clear-cut wide receiver one. I mean, he if he was on my team in a 12-man league, he would be a fantastic flex play. And yeah. he has that wide receiver two upside. So I'd feel content with him at my wide receiver two, especially in deeper leagues. Yeah. And that actually coordinator's name, just, just for clarification, is Don uh, Filippo. He was uh, the former offense coordinator up, up, uh, for the Cleveland Browns and then also for the Minnesota Vikings. He he likes to throw them all, the ball more so than you know pre- previous play callers. So that the Jaguars yeah. have had in recent years. So I think that could be a slight change. I'm not saying they're going to be a pass-first team, but uh, I think we are, we are going to see a shifting. No, uh, yes. So the, the, the thing with, with Day-Day is, as you said, not only does do the Chiefs have a sketchy defense, uh-huh. Leonard Fournette is healthy. At least for game one, he's going to be healthy and he's going to be on the field. So that the run game, as we know, opens up the passing game. They upgraded that quarterback, at least in my opinion, from Blake Bortles to Nick Foles. That alone only increases the upside for Day-Day. A guy who had 66 receptions and 717 yards last year, five touchdowns. It's D.D. Is it D.D. or Day-Day? It's D.D. <laughs> it's D.D. I think you're thinking of, of Friday. <laughs> yeah, it I don't is too much Friday. That's what it is. <laughs> but either way, D.D. D.D. Westbrook. All those numbers you're going to see increase. You can yes. see them around the target share 101 last year. That could slightly tick up to the 110, 115 mark, but I'm really looking at the 80 receptions. Mm-hmm. Fringing, yeah, well, fringing around that 1,000-yard mark, and you're going to see some increase in touchdown production, in my opinion, as yeah. well. I, I really like Didi. I'm very sad he's not on my team. Where did he go in our draft? He went... Think he seventh round, seventh round. Okay, I like it. I mean, I, he he could have a break, a breakout year. He's a breakout candidate for me. I thought about um, talking about him in my sleeper show. But he's kind of creeped up the boards as we as we got closer yes. to the you know to the actual um, draft weekends. But yeah, question: D.D. Westbrook, number two. Go ahead with your question. Just to solidify, D.D. Westbrook or Allen Robinson? D.D. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel. And Allen Robinson in our draft went two rounds, two full rounds ahead of Didi. Didi went around the same area as Curtis Samuel, Christian Kirk, um, who else? Kenny and Drake. I mean, I, I love Didi in that position, and I think he's worth a pick a round or two earlier than that. Yeah, I mean, especially week one here. Uh, who who are the – oh, yeah, Chicago's playing the Packers week one. So, I mean, that's the matchup where I'm like, oop. Didi's looking better, at least in my opinion. I'm I'm lining up Didi as my flex. Oh yeah, over Allen Robinson for sure. All right. mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that will take us to. I'll go ahead and, and talk about my third. Unless you want, 
did you want to say anything else on Didi? Go ahead, Bob. Oh, yeah, wait, one thing I did want to uh, mention, and this is kind of just reminiscent from last year. I could not, I cannot remember. So I, I tried to like Blake Bortles last year. Did you, were you, did, were you one of those people as well, or were you just, because uh, you either like him, you try to like him, or you hate him? No, I tried to like him, because okay. if you remember the year before, the Jags had that fantastic season, mm-hmm. and yeah. we were, we'd play Madden all the time. Mm-hmm. And both of us would always want to be the Jags. So well, I was big on Keelan Cole. I actually thought last year he was going to yeah. take that number one receiver yeah. spot. Maybe the talent's not there. I don't know. Hopefully he's worked hard during the offseason. I like Keelan Cole. I've seen flashes of greatness. But yeah, Didi, I'm excited about Didi for the season, but especially week one. But anyway, that'll, that's enough on the Jags. My last. Uh, green light this week uh, for this week. Like I said, next week we'll probably have a couple more. I'm going to talk about some players I don't like as well. But my last one is a quarterback, and that is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. I am Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo. I know coming off of an injury, um, but he's had a lot of you know. It happened early last year. It's not an easy injury to come back from to to rehab from, but. Everything coming out is that he's ready, ready to go. Otherwise, I don't think they would start him. I don't think, you know, he's their he's their quarterback. They paid him all that money. I don't think they're going to put him out there if he wasn't ready to be. Uh, but the big reason I want him, I want to uh, put him out there week one, because they're playing the Buccaneers. Buccaneers last year were not a good defense at all. They weren't a good team, period. But their their pass defense, any quarterback last year that I. I could stream if I, you know, maybe my quarterback I had didn't. I had Philip Rivers. Some weeks I wasn't uh, as comfortable starting him as maybe someone on the waiver. And if someone playing the Bucks, that was the first person I looked at. I don't, I don't think that they improved enough to, uh, you know, during the off season they they picked up a couple I think rookies in the draft. Of course, they're going to take time to develop. Jimmy G, he has weapons in Kittle, Dante Pettis. We, we keep hearing about the emergence of, of Dante Pettis. Maybe week one, we, we see them test that out. But Yeah, um, and, and, and like you said, or not like you said, but like me and you have said in our prior shows, we believe and we, have, we do have confidence uh, in the 49, 49ers offense. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, there's Dante Pettis. That's, that's their uh, wide receiver one. Second, I mean, they have speed and Goodwin and two – Running backs who could start, in my opinion, almost anywhere in the NFL, depending on who's there. And that's in Tevin Coleman, as well as Matt Breida. And that's something I think, I can't remember, I don't think we touched on in the news, is that Jarek McKinnon, he yes. was one of my guys that you need to keep your eye on. Well, he had a setback uh, injury-wise uh, with his torn ACL. There's some issues with the knee. This is bad news for him. I, I was very excited about him right. coming back to the field this year, and it's just really not looking good. But what yeah, that you, does is that gives more power to Tevin Coleman and Matt Breda. Yeah, you hate, Breda. I don't want to miss. I, 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 I say Breda. Again. I say Breda, but Breda. I, I've heard Breda. I've heard Breda. Yes, I've heard different people call him different things, but call him what you want. When um. I know who you're talking about. I think everyone else out there does. But, yeah, you hate to see this whenever this happens to a player, especially one as talented, at least in my opinion, as McKinnon is, and, and young. I mean, he's not It's not like he's uh, at the end of his career or anything. But these injuries start piling up 
as we saw with Luck, you know, it really makes it has to make these players think. And but the fan, fan like you said, the fantasy relevance of that um, makes it makes Brita and Coleman a lot more attractive. Facts. But yes, uh, my third and final pick this week is Jimmy G. Really, that whole any any skill players you have, maybe like uh, like a, well, obviously you're starting you're starting Kittle. But if you were questioning starting Dante Pettis, light him up. But uh, yeah, Jimmy G. If if I had him and maybe you waited late, or maybe you're not comfortable in in the defense your quarterback is playing that week, don't be scared to pick him up off the waiver and throw him in there. Yep. I agree. Um, my last guy, and this is not a – we've been talking about guys that we like. We've been talking about guys that you should definitely put into your lineup, slot into your lineup, find a place to play them. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the opposite. Unfortunately, for my team, in our most important league, I have no choice but to play this guy. But it is Miles Sanders, who we touched on earlier. Because I don't like the idea of playing Miles Sanders early. I want to see if he can earn a heavy, heavy workload. If he can be, if he takes the spot as the guy over Jordan Howard and the other, you know, Darren Sproles, you're going to see Corey Clement play. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really going to take away from Miles Sanders' production. I do not like starting Miles Sanders week one. Not until I know more. How I want to know how this offense is going to shake out. Mm-hmm. I don't have the luxury of slotting somebody else in because, as we stated, I waited till the seventh round and I started throwing darts for running backs. Now I think mm-hmm. my team is strong enough to where I can still win week one, week two. But and eventually I need Miles Sanders to hit. But week one, he's he's a just sit and wait type of guy. If you don't have to play him, don't play him. In your league, if you're in a weaker, not a weaker league, a a smaller league, mm-hmm. 8 to 10 team, not, not 12, 14, 16 team, there are other guys on the waivers that you can pick up, such as Tony Pollard, okay, mm-hmm. uh, Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler. These are guys you could play over Miles Sanders. Duke Johnson could potentially, if you drafted, if you drafted earlier, you know, prior to the Lamar Miller news, these are guys you could play over Miles Sanders. So I'm not confident in playing him at all this week. If you don't have to, I wouldn't. Yeah. No, I'm with you. That question mark on Miles Sanders, I think, will fade as the season goes on. But that question mark at the beginning is, especially for week one, is just way too big for me to put in any, uh, you know, in my lineup anywhere, whether that be flex and RB2. I'm not going to do it. Um, and, and, and like, like I said, said, I have to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I was looking. I was. I was going to ask. You know, Kalen Balage or Miles Sanders. I am leaning Kalen Balage almost. But I get that. But but the fact that see, so Balage was a great pickup when we had injury concerns uh, regarding Kenny and Drake. I believe that he had some soft tissue issues, mm-hmm. uh, maybe right. in his calf. I believe, and. If that continued into week one, then I probably would play Balage over Miles Sanders. However, it looks like he's coming along pretty well. It looks like they're going to be able to play him week one. And if Kenny and Drake is there, you're going to get a split backfield, at least in my opinion. 
and I think you're going to split backfield with Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard. However, I think Miles Sanders is more talented than both yeah. of those guys, Drake and Bellage. And so because of that, and I think also the Eagles have a uh, high-powered offense. So if I can just get him to fall into the end zone, yeah, you know, catch a couple passes, that's all I'm really hoping well, for. I mean, he gets me 12 fantasy points. I'm sleeping easy. The first few weeks, um, maybe maybe even up till until week five, I have the, the split carries. I think Howard's going to see the majority. I'm talking a 60-40 split, 60 wow. being Jordan Howard, 40 being the rest of the running backs. Like hey, I think it's going to tell me that. I mean, that, I'm I'm being honest. You know, I'm being honest. I'm not going to lie to you. That's what I see. That that could not that could change. It could by week three, week four, you'd be seeing that. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be later in the year. I'm talking, like I said, week five, some point, week five or on. So at some point after week five or week five, is whenever I, I I'm going to maybe, depending on how it goes, you know, I think you're going to see more and more usage in Sanders and less and less trust in Howard. I just don't think Howard could be wrong. I hate always hate to say bad things about anybody, uh, any any player in the NFL, especially when that I, I was never I've never been a fan of Jordan Howard, even in. Um, you know, in Chicago, I always liked Cohen. It was probably because Cohen was so electric um, compared to Howard, you know. And we play in a PPR league. And we play in a PPR league. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not big on Howard. Either. I'm not saying, hey, go go start Howard if you if you have him in your league. I'm not starting Howard anyway, anywhere in week one especially. You trying um, to trade me uh, Derrick Henry for Miles Sanders? No, I was going to throw something up though, live here on the show. I was looking oh, around, and I mean, I wouldn't take it if I were you, but I'm going to throw it out there because you may, you, you may like it. I don't know. I'll give you Justin Jackson straight up for Miles Sanders. I'll sit and wait. <laughs> uh, well, maybe we'll talk after. But honestly, after when, Justin when Jackson like, gets you know 15 carries, uh, 17 points, two touchdowns, we'll. We'll see. When I was scanning your team for a potential running back that we could uh, trade for, my eyes did glance over Justin Jackson. Like, I peeked at him. I did peek at him. I was like, <laughs> But, no, that's where, I, I that's can't. Where my, that's mine went. My, my eyes went directly there. <laughs> I scanned my team real quick. I was like, Justin Jackson, I'll offer that. Hey, speaking of running backs, last point uh, that I want to make about your draft. I love last round. You're like, hey, I'll just pick up Malcolm Brown here. Why not? Why not? Because we don't know Todd Gurley. We don't know what type of work Daryl Henderson's going to be getting. And the thing is, in the preseason, I think I've said this earlier, and I'm not Sean McVay, okay, so I'm not going to pretend to be. But, however, you saw Daryl Henderson. (laughs) Can we make make a podcast where you pretend to be Sean McVay? I'll make a Twitter account. (laughs) Okay. Good continue. Um, But typically, typically, uh, in the preseason, you don't see – guys playing a ton that are going to play a lot for you during the regular season. Right. And we were seeing Daryl Henderson get a ton of work. Um, So that could potentially be a sign or a signal that, hey, Malcolm Brown could potentially be the RB2 there. Um, I don't know that to be a fact. I mean, if if Gurley's knee, if if it swells up, he's got that fat knee going on, then... I'm, I'm looking at it in my mind it would be malcolm brown that they lean on but he knows that offense he, yes. he's been there longer you don't want to maybe you do want to put your rookie out there in certain situations 
maybe he's even more talented in certain ways. But you got to take knowledge, and I mean that's got to say something, um, speak something for Malcolm Brown, and that's the whole reason I took him. I think I think he's that RB two for sure. If I'm not mistaken, you can go on their website now, check depth depth charts. Pretty sure he's listed as RB two there. And and you took him in a round, the last round, where everybody's yes. dropping kickers and defenses. So beautiful yeah, like, pickup. I'm, I'm like, I'm forget Daniel Carlson or Jake Elliott, or I, even Muhammad Sanu. Yeah, <laughs> get out of here, <laughs> Muhammad Sanu. I don't know. Come on, he might have a big year, man. Right. Now he'll have some games, but um, I think that pretty much wraps up everything we we have to talk about today. Unless you anything else that you want to. There's one you thing. Yeah, any, anything you want to promote? Do you, anything you any life advice that you want to give for any um, the listeners, anybody who may listen out there? Look, if anybody's listening to my life advice, they've already made too many mistakes. To yeah. Do. But um, <laughs> there is one thing I do want to say, and I don't know how you feel about this, um, but I am going to call out a guy that is on TV a lot, uh, Doug Gottlieb. Oh, yeah. I I really. I was very sad when I heard the Andrew Luck news. Uh, when I saw the press conference, I completely understand. I, I can't say that I understand because obviously I don't play in the NFL, but it made a lot of sense to me. He's a young guy. He's a guy that's been facing uh, a lot of injury issues. He's recently married. He has a kid. And his entire offseason, see, typically guys like Tom Brady during the offseason, he spends time with his family. He goes on vacations. He enjoys his life. Andrew Luck, for the past four years, has just been spending his offseason rehabbing. Okay. And Doug Gottlieb came out and said something along the lines of retiring because rehab is too hard, is the most millennial thing I've ever heard. Something along those lines. So not only did he take right. a shot at one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the league, a guy who we all know to be a stand up guy, anytime. The Colts lost. Andrew Luck was putting it on himself. And then to trash him, a guy who played with a lacerated kidney, okay, <laughs> acting like he's not tough or rehabbing is too hard so he just doesn't have the mental fortitude to play in the NFL and then trashing an entire generation, I think is unbecoming, okay? I'm not one of these type of people who think it's necessary to call for somebody to lose their job because of something they say on Twitter. So I'm not saying Doug Gottlieb should be fired, but the fact that he's not come out and at least stay, at least acknowledge that he misspoke or, mm -hmm. or attempted to walk back at least that's what we see a lot. When people say something that is outlandish or, or, or offensive or, in, or insulting, they at least always attempt to walk it back. He hasn't attempted this, and I think it's 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 very unbecoming. It, it's it's a very disgusting comment, especially about a guy like Andrew Luck, a guy who did play with a lacerated kidney, a guy who clearly loves the game of football. You think this was an easy decision for him? It wasn't. And the fans booing are one thing, and I'm not going to trash the fans. They were literally at a preseason game, got a notification on their phone that Andrew Luck was done in a year that they could potentially keep up or compete for a Super Bowl, and they're probably all half drunk. I'm not going to get mad because you know those fans are those fans are more sad, and they're not. They don't hate Andrew Luck. They're not burning jerseys, you know. But Doug Gottlieb, I cannot tell you 
how despicable of a comment that was. And, and I, I really wanted to get that out. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I saw that. It was pretty nasty stuff. And like you said, there was no um, kind of stepping back from that. But whether it was, maybe it was, a, you know, like you said, maybe we just didn't understand the joke. Maybe it was a, a bad joke. But come out and say it, you know. And, that, and as a millennial that, that you and I are, we we deal with these things all the time from the older generations of of trashing millennials for mm-hmm. whether it be our, our work ethic or or, or, or or morale. Well, you know, whatever, you know, this, Any, he doubled down on it. Yeah. He doubled down on not only an entire generation, okay, but also one of the most stand-up guys in the NFL. And it was it was unfortunate to see. It was. Yeah, I'm with you. But very sad. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. But yeah, join us next week. We're gonna talk about um we're gonna talk about more players that we like, more week one previews. I'm gonna have a couple red lights like Chandler had this week. And we're gonna have some other stuff for you. So come back, please listen. Follow us on Twitter at CG underscore FF show. Other than that, peace.